So I remember when I was like in third grade, we had a show and tell day. And uh, this girl, I think I think her name was Pilar or something like that, brought in this Peanuts comic strip. And it was one where Snoopy was facing like the camera, like a fourth wall, like looking straight at you type uh, drawing, which is, according to her, very rare, right? Like typically it's like a side profile. You'll always just get a side profile of Snoopy. It's never a, you know face forward type or or you know any other angle and so uh so that was a novelty but i got one better for you i got one i got one way better for you pilar dig this so you want to know what's really going on you want to really you want to know what's really going on in the great pumpkin charlie brown i'm going to tell you that is a fever dream brought on by bad mushrooms that Linus took. Okay? Think about it. Yeah, you heard me right. That is a fever dream if I ever, ever saw one. But I'll get to that in a minute. First of all, yesterday, what kind, What the fuck was going on yesterday? All kinds of crazy upsets the fucking jets beat the packers that's not supposed to, that's not even legal is it i don't think so and then uh gosh what oh the niners beat by the falcons dude they're like fifth in the power rankings not anymore just like uh just like they say the nfl nfl stands for not for long but uh Else? Oh, and then the Bucks get upset by the Steelers? What the? F- Come on, Brady. What the hell, dude? Blows a two-point conversion? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. This hapless Steelers, pretenders to the throne? But, uh, yeah, just one of those, just one of those days. Um, yeah, the game The game to watch is, uh, as we speak, I'm pre-recording all this is the uh, Chiefs, uh, Bills-Chiefs game, kind of a preview for the um, AFC championships. I, In my eyes, I think that should be that should be the matchup. But, but we got an early season preview with our boy, our boy Josh Allen from Fireball. Yeah, all right. Via the University of Wyoming, the state with only 800 people. So... He's, uh, as we speak, squaring off with old, uh, he, uh, against the, uh, the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. But a uh, lot of upsets. Oh, and speaking of which, so naturally after I talk shit about baseball, all of a sudden the playoffs get good. So I, started, I, I, I was glued Saturday night to the Padres-Dodgers game. Got Give it up for the Padres, man. You got to love those scrappy underdogs going toe-to-toe with the 111-win. 111-win Dodger, the fourth highest total ever. And they can't find their ass with a map. They can't hit water if they fell out of the boat. The Padres staked them a game. Staked them a game. Gave them one early on in the series. And then came back and just... Ran the table three in a row, one at home behind Joe Musgrove, the local boy. And uh, what a game, too, boy. Um, 
up two games to one. They staked the Dodgers to a, a two, well, a two-run lead. Then they tacked on a third in the bottom of the sixth, or rather the uh, top of the sixth. And then, um, or the top of the seventh, maybe. And then bottom of the seventh, fucking the Friars, they come roaring back. They hung a five spot on these bitches. So the Dodgers, who, according to Dave Roberts, were going to win the World Series, did not even win the Divisional Series. Ouch. And I've seen, you can see a lot of that take shape too, like the patterns. There's always a pattern, right? So, because once they got down, once they got down to a, a, a two games to one deficit, the Dodgers just, I, you, you just knew like the momentum's kind of shifted because game four was in San Diego. So it just didn't, it was not a good, you know, you didn't need a weatherman to know which way the wind was blowing, man. Particularly with Musgrove come starting the game because he was lights out, gave up one hit over seven innings against the Mets. Another another great team, so that just got just basically got pantsed, like the Dodgers ultimately did. But what a game! What a what a great game! And then um, yeah, after they staked, after they uh, hung a five spot on him, relief came in and shut him down. You could, but that's what I'm talking about is the momentum of the situation. The momentum of the situation said that. Basically, the Padres, being at home, are supposed to win. So the burden of proof was definitely on the Dodgers, and they just farted and fell. Fucking Dodgers. Because uh, I've seen enough over the, you know, you've seen enough over the years, you know, like, I've seen some good playoff baseball. I've seen some good World Series games going all the way back 30-plus years, to, like the Twins, Braves of 91. Jack Morris goes 11 innings. 11 innings. He pitches 11 innings. Fucking just nails. Just fucking... Just that ugly, ruddy old f- complexion of his just getting up on the mound there and just dr- just burying these motherfuckers. You know? Chipper Jones and these guys. You know? Just making them look stupid. And then Kirby Puckett coming in, extra innings, and just driving one over the, over the hefty bags of... Uh, the Metrodome, fucking great series. Fucking great series. Um, gosh, I mean, go back further than that. Go to the 86 Mets. Go to the 86 Mets. The Miracle Mets. Game six, when they came out of nowhere, dribble with Mookie Wilson, dribbles one through the legs of Bill Buckner at first base. Fucking, I remember watching that. That was insane. Unbelievable. I kind of wanted the Mets to win because they... Uh, the Red Sox had, had, had beat my Angels in the uh, American League Championship Series. Donnie Moore gives up the fucking gives up the fucking uh, the bomber to Dave Henderson to Hindu fucking just ripped my heart right out of my ribcage. So um, yeah, Miracle Mets, Ray Knight, Keith Hernandez of Seinfeld fame. Um, Roger McDowell, Doc Gooden, Daryl Strawberry. What a team. They should have won that. They really, that they were supposed to win that series, and they did. So some great, great playoff baseball. Fuck it. Go to, 
2002. Fucking, that was a great one. Another great one. Angels, Giants, seven game. You got to love a good seven game series, particularly when game six was what it was when the fucking uh, Giants are up, what, five? Was it five to three or something? Was it five three? I think it was like, yeah, like five three. And I think what happened, what happened? Tim Salmon gets a two-out two double, Troy Gloss, and then Troy Gloss, the third baseman. What a team, too. David Eckstein, Troy Gloss, Tim Salmon, Darren Erstad, Garrett Anderson, Scott Spezio, fucking Troy Percival, Francisco Rodriguez, K-Rod. Fucking nasty, just fucking nasty shit. John Lackey, as a rookie, coming in to close game seven, coming to just go, go, just, can you imagine being a rookie in game seven of the World Series and then shutting him down and winning? Fucking, that was, but that was epic, man. Scott Spezio just driving that one, just fouling pitch after pitch after, after Dusty Baker comes out and gives the game ball to Russ Ortiz. Go grab some bench, you've earned it. Up five, up five to three. Seventh, seventh inning, and then the Angels rally monkey comes out. Salmon gets on. Troy Gloss drives him in with another double. Fucking what? So it's like what was it? Five four. Yeah, five four. Yeah, with Gloss on second. I think that's what happened. Felix Rodriguez up there, just trying to, trying to finish it off. Just trying to, trying to make Dusty Baker look good. But in so doing, Scott Spezio just fouls pitch after pitch off, pitch after pitch off, and then he just digs one out of the dirt, gives it a ride, barely makes it over right field fence. Fucking six to five, bitches. That's it. Then Troy Percival comes in, finishes it up. Game six. We're going to a seventh game. We'll see you in Anaheim. And the rest, as they say, is history. Beyond. But, yeah, the Padres are that team. You know, there's always that team. Doesn't matter. Because they were they, what they, they were 89 and 73 regular season against the Dodgers. 111 wins. Fourth highest total ever. It just made him look silly. I mean, the Dodgers couldn't hit water if they fell out of the boat. It was horrible. So you got you to gotta admire. There's always that team. There's always that player, too, you know, like a Mark Lemke of the, you know, when he was playing for the Braves and would just, you know, career 238 hitter, postseason, like 561 hitter. Or like Jim Lairitz, same. He did that with the Yankees. Jim Lairitz come in and pinch hit. You know, home run, pinch hit, home run, pitch hit, pinch hit, double, pinch hit, you know, three RBI, double. He did the, and, he, and when he, and even when he went to the Padres, 98, Larrits, he did the same thing against the Astros. The Astros, see, the Astros should have beat the Padres in 98. You know, they had Jeff Bagwell, Biggio, they had, uh, Randy Johnson, I think, was, uh, an Astro for that series. And uh, 
that Padres just weren't having it. They had the, it was the old man brigade. It was Ken Caminiti, the late great Ken Caminiti, Caminiti, the great, the late great third baseman. You got Steve Finley. You got Wally Joyner. You got Andy Ashby on the mound. You got Trevor Hoffman just slamming it shut. You got the late great Tony Gwynn died too young in his forties, like Walter Payton, just gone too soon. Just these greats. Yeah, the Astros should have. The Astros should have just ragdolled the Padres, but nope, nope. Steroids don't always win. Steroids don't always win. But uh, but that was the year of the 116 win New York Yankees who just swept the Padres, just like they weren't even there. That wasn't even a series. Four games and nothing. It wasn't even, ugh, brutal, just brutal. Brutal, bad stuff. But So, yeah, I guess I got a little playoff fever going. What are you going to do? I don't know. I like, a, I like a heater. You stay on a streak, man. You follow the heater, right? Padres look good, so they're going to go play... The Phillies in the NL champs in the, in the NL championship series, and then uh, let's see who. Oh, the Astros. Now that they're American League, how weird is that? Are going to play the winners of the Yankees and uh, Cleveland series that they got. They still got to finish up. But it's all happening. It's October baseball, baby. You know how it goes. It's October. So that being said. October is is that time of year, baby. It's that time of year. It's like Apple Hill, going up to Apple Hill. Put on your best your best polar fleece, even though it's ninety one degrees out. Put on your put on your your leggings. Put on your your uh, your North Face vest that looks like you know that looks like you're uh, you know you jumped off the Titanic. And um, you go up there and uh, you get yourself an apple pie and a pumpkin and uh, you sweat your balls off because you got three layers and a turtleneck. And uh, but that's what that's what you do in October, right? And uh, I mean, I, I've been trying to get down to. The farmers market because there's this um, there's this there's this mushroom outfit that has they got a farm up in Loomis just before uh, Auburn just before um, Apple Hill called uh, Foggy Dew Fungi, and uh, I need to go up. I need I want to I, I need to get some. I'm gonna start growing mushrooms myself, but uh, but I started thinking to myself. I was out on my was out on my hike my early morning my old man hike. And I agitated, I agitated that damn hemorrhoid of mine, and so it just ached it like it ate like ached like a son of a bitch, like it felt like I had like a like a balloon animal between my ass cheeks, right? Ah, man! But but in so doing, it forced me to kind of you got to use your left brain at that point. You got to kind of stop thinking about the pain, and you got to kind of divert your thought process. So so I start thinking to myself. Well, speaking of mushrooms and shit like that, you know, I thought to myself, you know. What the hell is, what the hell is the great pumpkin about? You know, I, you know, I got one better than 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 seeing Snoopy. You know, break the fourth wall in a comic strip. You know, and look straight forward. You know, 
Maybe it is rare. Maybe maybe that is a novelty. But I got I got I got one better than that. I'm going to tell you. Well, of course, there's many theories, right? Like, so. So it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the it's kind of like the George Orwell book Animal Farm, right? So supposedly Animal Farm is like um, an allegory for the Russian Revolution. And you could say the same about um, you could say the same probably about it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. Maybe it's allegorical to say the Vietnam War. You could take that you could take that Being that it came out in 1966, the the, the first year of the Vietnam War was 1965. Charles Schultz, Schultz being a a pacifist and probably a probably a mushroom tripper, anybody that moves to the city of Needles in the desert and lives there for a short time either is a tripper or has to become a tripper to cope with the fact that you're living in Needles, California, right? So, I just have to believe, like, there's more going on. There's more going on in that... in that cartoon than, than, than meets the eye. So... Yeah, so initially I thought the opening, well... I thought maybe Linus, Linus could be LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, right? And Sally is the American people, right? Just kind of duped into like this escapade, drawn out to a big, a big jungle, kind of set under false pretenses, right? Linus is selling it. He's like, you know, this is the, this is the best, this is the pumpkin patch, this is the best pumpkin, this is, this is the, you know, the, the what, what did he say? I fuck, I, 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 I turned it on last night, and, I, and he's talking about the most sincerest pumpkin patch there is. Nothing but sincerity is the, as far as the eye can see. Now, anybody that's spouting off about sincerity, sincerity? is a politician, right? So don't be fooled by Linus because he's a motherfucking politician, right? And I have to believe, like, see, Sally is probably a good, maybe a microcosm or a metaphor for the American people. But also Charlie Brown itself, he is obviously a metaphor for the American people as well. And why do you say that? I'll tell you what. Because beginning of the cartoon, we got, we got Lucy who invites him to kick the football. And we all know what happens. Well, the football is the Vietnam War, right? And Charlie Brown being, again, a metaphor for the American people. Him and Sally, because their brother-sister, are inevitably the Democratic and Republican parties of the American people. And so what happens then? We all know what happens. So that cunt Lucy gets him, suckers him into 
taking a running start at this football and pulls it right out from under him, right when he gets up to the point where he's going to launch that bitch, right? And fucking just lands flat on his back, just duped, just set up, just like his sister Sally, brought out to the jungles of the pumpkin patch under false pretenses, right? So is that what we're to believe? So maybe, um, maybe Lucy's Nixon. Maybe Lucy is... Um, communism? I don't know. Maybe the whole thing is, uh, well, maybe that's a far-fetched metaphor. Maybe it isn't about the Vietnam War. Maybe, well, this is my real stake. This is my real take. This is what's really going on, okay? So when you... Um, Basically, what had happened was, I think, if I had to guess, I would have to say Charles Schultz is definitely a tripper. And I think he had an extensive knowledge of mushrooms and the entomology of mycelium. And from what I understand, he used to do these elaborate ceremonies that were centered around wildlife photography, where he would, he would bring these women in into a studio, and then he would... He would paint them like birds, and then they would go through a ceremony, um, like a mating ritual. And then he snapped off pictures, and he would use those. I think that's where the character Woodstock comes in. Although Woodstock never really makes a big appearance, but I think that's the inspiration. Much like Snoopy's brother Spike, who lives in Needles, is kind of an amalgamation of Charles Schultz uh, and his days as a tripper. Uh, on acid and mushrooms out in, in needles. But if you have to, if you really, I think the biggest fan theory that I can think of offhand, I think, is that, well, of course, Charles Schultz ultimately ends up in the Bay Area in the 60s because, why? Because he's, he's a tripper. Because that's where it's all going down. In the early 60s, when they were doing the MK Ultra experiments, the CIA, when they set up the lab in Stanford where Ken Kesey, was given acid uh, as a stand, as a as a uh, as a as a uh, student on the uh, campus of Stanford under a fellowship. He was, uh, you know, they they created these these acid experiments, and they were tested on the students who vol- well it was vol- voluntary, but they were also paid. And um, so all this was happening in the '60s, right? So when the Vietnam War started in 65 and Johnson was kind of <sighs> kind of ushered us or maintained I think Kennedy was re- Kennedy was a big pro- I don't, he didn't want to start the war and I think he was uh, I think he was kind of uh, I think there was a lot of a lot of backdoor dealings that went on because I think the Gulf of Tonkin being what it was, you know, that could also be the football in the great pumpkin Charlie Brown that's taken away from the American people, which is Charlie Brown itself. And we're duped and we land flat on our back, set up under the false premise that uh, uh, one of our naval ships in the Gulf of Tonkin was uh, uh, attacked, which uh, the reality was I think we did the attacking and we provoked the attack, all right? So, but the fact that Charles Schultz ended up in the Bay Area, I think there's a, a I believe there's a, a, there's an airport named, a small private airport named after him 
up uh, just north of Santa Rosa in the town of Windsor. And uh, so the fact that all the experimentation that went on in the Stanford labs with mind-altering substances lends me to believe that anybody that could come up with the notion that Snoopy, a dog, can commandeer his own doghouse and fly it across World War I Europe and be shot down uh, over World War I France by the Red Baron has to, has to have been on mushrooms, you know, or had been familiar with mushrooms or peyote, probably more likely peyote because of the fact that he came from needles where, uh, you know, you're going to see a lot more of the peyote and the mescaline out there in and around the Segura cactus and so forth. And, um, so when you look, Here's the spoiler. What happens at the very end? What happens at the very end of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown? Linus is wakened by his sister, Lucy, in the pumpkin field, in the pumpkin patch, in the quote-unquote, you know, the field, right? And... uh he's kind of coming off a fever dream. He's kind of shivering. It's cold, but I think he's coming off a fever dream. And that fever dream is good and bad, but it, but the, but what really happened is he's coming down off taking peyote, right? And he's brought in after staying out all night and luring and luring Sally out, nah, well, I get, Sally kind of, but Sally also kind of, she had her opportunity. She was going to go trick-or-treating, and she was definitely jaded when she found out she missed out on tricks or treats. But she was with that group, the same group that basically said that, Charlie Brown, you're, on, you're probably not on the invited list. You're probably on the uninvited list. But what does Charlie Brown do? Same thing the American people does. He shows up anyway to the party. What party is that? the Vietnam War, right? Wink, wink. And what do they do? They use him as an example. They bring him into the party. They use the back of his head to, as a model for drawing the pumpkins. And the rest, as they say, is history. Uh, Snoopy gets shot down over a French farm in France by the Red Baron. And he's forced to crawl his way through enemy lines and then he befriends a French cocker spaniel in a French farm just outside of Provence. And he fathers uh, several illegitimate uh, beagle pups, uh, three of which uh, go on to become um, Iditarod dogs in um, the, uh, in the 1972 triumphant uh, race of Nanook of the North, right? So, is this all making sense to you? Is this, does this kind of make sense? So, but all this is playing inside Alliance's head. It's not really happening. It's kind of like, isn't there, um, is it kind of like, yeah, I guess it's kind of like the whole theory around 
the Wizard of Oz, if you play it in conjunction with the beginning of the Dark Side of the Moon, the Pink Floyd album, which I've always said is the British version of the Grateful Dead, who were the house band at all the acid tests that were going on during the MK Ultra acid testing on guys like Ken Kesey and Ted Kaczynski, yes, another MK Ultra, Harvard grad and Unabomber, yes. See, you see what I'm saying? So it all makes sense, doesn't it? It's all coming together now, isn't it? It's all a fever dream. So, the uh, obviously, the peyote was laced with some kind of mm, probably low-grade amphetamine or liquid, um, liquid methamphetamine that probably kept Linus up all night, forces him into these fever dreams where he's thinking about, you know, beagles flying doghouses across World War I France only to be shot down to father illegitimate cocker spaniel pups. See? You see what I'm saying? Do you get it now? It's right in front of you, people. That's what's happening. And then ultimately, what do we do? In the end, after we wake up in that field, you know, and our sister brings us in, wraps us up, and when the chills go away, what do we do? We find our buddy, Charlie Brown. We hash it out. We talk with him. God. That really got a little out of hand last night, didn't it, Chuck? That really got away from me now, didn't it? And who, is, and who did I say was Linus? Linus is LBJ, Lyndon B. Johnson, talking to the American people, Charlie Brown. He's like, that got away from us. It got away from us, didn't it? Didn't it? You know, I thought I, thought I was going to see the Great Pumpkin. I thought I was going to see democracy spread through Southeast Asia. I thought I was going to see... Success, but no. Charlie Brown, he doesn't care. He just wanted to be invited to the party. But once he got there, he realized he was just a, a, a patsy, a, a, a dupe, you know? He was set up. Just like the rest. Just like, just like the rest of the... Just like the, the French colonials that came before the, the U.S. Down there in the jungles of Laos... Vietnam, Cambodia. Yeah. It's a great pumpkin. Watch it. Check it out. Indulge. Let me know what you think. You know? Way better than watch way better than looking at some cartoon strip in a third grade, you know, in a, in some some random Show and tell third grade display by some some girl that just sits in the back all quiet, drawing horses, you know, all day, doesn't even make eye contact with anybody. Yeah. So that's what's up. And that's about it. I mean... It makes perfect sense. Otherwise, there's no, there's really no continuity to it. It's just kind of a bunch of disparate type scenarios. It it, it makes little to no sense at all. Um, but other than that, you know, I think um, I think Schultz is a genius. I think um, 
Boy, I remember, boy. Yeah, if you, when I was, yeah, when I was in third grade, if you didn't, like, if you didn't catch the Great Pumpkin when it came out, it was usually on a Thursday night on CBS at 8 o'clock, because 8.30 was like Garfield, like a Garfield, like a Garfield Halloween or some shit, right? So if you missed it, man, we didn't have on-demand back then. We didn't, back in the day, we didn't have shit like that. In my day, we only had like one size shoes, like eight, you know? So we didn't have streaming services. We didn't have Netflix. We didn't have YouTube. You had CBS. You had one shot, and if you missed it, you're fucked. That was a wrap. You're shit out of luck. You gotta wait till next year, bitch. <laughs> uh, it's a crazy world out there. But so, so there you have it. I think um, I think Charles Schultz was uh, was definitely a, a, an acid head. Um. I definitely think that um, it's too hot to go to Apple Hill right now, and I think um, I think all those women that are up there wearing their turtlenecks and scarves, they don't want to admit that they're pretty much eighty-nine percent sweat from the neck down. Yeah, there you go. I said it. So, anyway, take take an opportunity to watch a great pumpkin. Let me know what you think. Tell me what you think if that's a fever dream. I think it's a fever dream coming off acid and if not, then so be it. But I stand by my, I stand by my fan theory and, um, I think eventually, I think it, I think history will bear me out. So I hope you guys had a great weekend. I don't know what's happening right now with the Bills and Chiefs. I don't want to know. My boy Josh Allen from Fireball. He should be carving up the Chiefs secondary, but we'll see. That's why you play the game. NFL, not for long. Any given Sunday. Let's go. Let's go. I'll talk at you later. Arrivederci, baby. (laughs) 